welcome to the Tumbleweed Podcast, where we discuss an eclectic range of topics, including business, design, Texas culture, and everything in between. We're two teachers that turned a side hustle into a nationally known apparel brand, and now we work with some of the biggest names in Texas. We strive to never stop exploring and continue to draw inspiration from our adventures. So drift and explore or raise a glass. We're always ready to hang out and talk about the things that we love. So come roll with us as we drift and explore. Hey, hey, Tumbleweed Podcast listeners. I am Brian, the co-founder and co-owner of Tumbleweed Textiles. And I am excited to be here today because we're talking about some information that is near and dear to my heart. I've been a teacher of marketing. My degree was in marketing. And even more so with Tumbleweed Textiles, I feel like that is my craft for our businesses. Social media, marketing, analytics, and just how to connect with people. So today I have a guest with me who is kind of our chief of staff, but also our director of marketing, Katie Mooneyham. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be here. Well, let, let, the, let the people know what exactly is your role with Tumbleweed Textiles, kind of when you first came on board, but then what are you doing now? And we'll go from there. When I first came on board, I came on as a part-time staff in the store. And so just arriving in my role, I talked to Brian and I kind of told him where I wanted to go. I was kind of lost in where I wanted to take my career. So I was really interested in marketing and Brian being the expert, he kind of led me to a path. So I became social media coordinator to marketing manager to now marketing director. And I like to consider myself kind of like a project juggler. So I kind of have my hands in different projects throughout our company, making sure everything's on track. And I deal a lot with social media, email marketing, with the guidance of Brian. Man, you, you help us look really cool, don't you? I try my best. Yeah. Well, uh, so with you here today, what I want to talk about is, uh, it sounds boring, but marketing analytics, but specifically how Tumbleweed Textiles, how we do what we do, and that's predominantly through social media. So social media marketing, email marketing, basically how we create a community with those that choose to follow us, right? Yeah. Um, and when I think of social media marketing and all that, it's it's kind of considered the three C's. It's um, communication, connection, uh, and conversion. And what that means is, is, you know, we utilize social media to get people connected to who we are. And then the goal is to kind of like a sales funnel is we get them connected, become aware of who our brand is, but then eventually hopefully become a customer and then after they're a customer, the goal is that they actually purchase something and tell their friends, and then their friends will come back and reshare. And, of course, we utilize social media as the communication tool to equip people to tell people about us. So with what you do, Katie, tell us, like, on a day-to-day basis, social media, we'll start there, um, what is your role like? What do you do? Uh, what's the grind like with Tumblr <laughs> Textiles and even like all the different accounts that we have to connect with our customers? I think just day by day, um, I usually have all my promotions planned out for the week so I know what I want to touch on, whether it's new designs or if we're going to be popping up at an event or just kind of like community relations. So I day to day plan out what I'm going to post on different platforms because we 
have a brand Facebook, brand Instagram, but we also have our store Instagram and Facebook account. So I'll make sure that I'm touching on different audiences because, you know, our brand kind of is more broader around Texas and our store is more specific to Frisco. So I work with our design team to curate content that I can use on all the different platforms. And so really it's just taking content day by day. You really, yeah. it's a lot of content to create out there. Now do you, okay, so well, kind of getting into this. So people right now might be asking, okay, why the heck do you have a Tumbleweed Textiles brand yeah. Facebook and then a Tumbleweed Textiles store Facebook? Can you expand on why did we, when you came on board, you came on when we, I'd already created two different accounts. Yeah. Um, but you manage it now day to day. So w- why did we decide to do that? Having two different, um, I guess, accounts and two different pieces of content that we're sharing. Yeah, I think it's more so just the community element. When y'all opened up the store and I just came on the team, it was more so we wanted to connect with people around Frisco. We wanted to be the one-stop um, shop destination for everyone visiting because Frisco has such great tourism. So all the content that we curate for the store Instagram is more curated to, towards community building. Like whenever we go to like Frisco chamber events or something like that, or just the rail district, we really want to just show that we love our community. And for the brand, it's more so um, there's people from all over Texas. So it's not like they really care about right. that we're based right here in Frisco. For sure. So, you know, for, for y'all listening, those of you might be intrigued or interested in marketing or maybe you run your own business or you work a, like a church campaign uh, with your, your church and youth group or whatever it might be. The thing is, you know, my background is I used to work at a marketing agency. Uh, I feel like my expertise was around building community. Yeah. And that goes back to when I worked at a church. I had, you know, worked with the youth group and you work with a, a university of the college students FCAs. And it's all about building a hub, a space, a place that people want to mingle, greet. I mean, you think of a fraternity, you think of a sorority, you think even right now with the Chamber of Commerce is all about the gathering of people. And so fast forward to where we're at today and the importance of social media. I mean, I think they say, uh, I have it written down over here. It's, um, like 2.9 billion people are on Facebook. Yeah. You know, like 2 billion people are on Twitter and Instagram. About 1.2 billion people are on on uh, TikTok. And so it, it's a enormous amount of people that are seeking content, seeking information, seeking a place for love and belonging and whatever it might be. And so as a business, we knew when we started Tumbleweed Textiles is we needed to figure out, okay, our target audience, that's where it always starts, is let's say for Jeb and I, it's a male, we thought, because we're males. And it was, let's say, ages 25, because at that time I was about 28, 29 when we started the company. And uh, it's uh, through 45 years old. People that like concerts, people that like doing certain things. So when we built our Facebook, we created it around that. We use for content models that were men. We targeted in our advertising. You can in Facebook actually pick and choose who you're reaching. We would try to reach, reach that target audience. And so 
sometimes as, as you grow, it's about the community of people you're trying to reach so that then you're putting in the content, you're putting in the information, you put the right logo, you put the right Facebook skin and, you know, banners yeah. to reach that audience. From you, your perspective, Katie, as you came in on our team and I started teaching to you, like, this isn't just social media. It's, it's we're building our community. We're kind of creating our family how did that change your perspective on what social media, the, how powerful that tool could be for growing our business? I think it changed my perspective a lot because I think I came in just thinking, here's what at one point the Instagram's just, you have to make it look pretty and nice and concise, but here's so many different elements. And I think that's what you really taught me on, especially reaching our target, target audience and what resonates with them. And so what would get them more engaged, excited about all the different designs we have, promotions, make them feel kind of like a part of the Tumbleweed family, essentially, because they all like the same things that we do. They all like Texas music, Texas barbecue, like you were saying. So I think it really just made me um, conscientious about what I do post. And I like sometimes we'll have content and yeah, it looks pretty, but I'm like, this is not gonna resonate with our audience. So it really just makes me overanalyze stuff, which is good because yeah. you want to reach the right people. And so, you know, I mentioned Jeb and I kind of define this is who we're going to reach. Yeah. But the thing is, over time, it's not about who you want to reach. It's about who you actually are reaching. And what we have found is through social media, the tool is not just as valuable to target and sell something. But it's also to learn more about who you are. Yeah. And the way meta is, I mean, social media now, you po- post a picture, you can quickly figure out who is actually wanting to be a part of our community, mm-hmm. who's actually wanting to be a customer and purchase our product and share the data and share the information with their friends. And so what we learn very quickly based off sales and our social media is our target audience was not ne- necessarily just men between the ages of 25 to 45. It was predominantly women. And not only was it predominantly women, it was a specific psychographic of a woman that might be buying product for their husband, for their children, for their kids, that liked going out and drinking wine in the suburbs <laughs> or going to Austin and doing whatever. And, and so that shifted how we ran our social media. So kind of passing it on to you, Katie, uh, as we create campaigns, let's yeah. kind of like lay out step by step. Let's just say... We're about to launch our spicy Chica design that we just launched recently. <laughs> and we know we, like the product is only as good as people knowing about it. Yeah. So what, what do we do, kind of breaking it down of, okay, we have this campaign, Spicy Chica. How do we launch that? Visually, with hashtags, with information so that we are effectively using the tool of social media to get the word out. I think first you just gotta have, I mean, you have to determine who you're trying to target with that design. So obviously we have a big following for all our Texas Chica designs, so it already is pretty prominent. Um, So when we were talking about Texas Spicy Texas Chica, with Cinco de Mayo coming up, we were like, we can attach it to Cinco de Mayo. It pairs nicely with another shirt design we have, which is our candy school design. So we thought, get that in our consumer's mind by kind of promoting them together, but also kind of creating a joke with the new spicy Chica design. We did, I think, a fun content post around it where it's 
um, gave kind of like a content warning and you swiped and it was like content warning this content is too spicy and then you would see the spicy chica design which got a lot of engagement and you could tell people thought it was funny we reached the right audience and just promoting it with that candy skull right. people resonated like oh Cinco de Mayo is coming up I need to buy my Cinco de Mayo shirt yeah. so that's kind of how we break it down first just determine target audience and then from there just find fun ways to connect with your audience for sure and social media you alluded to earlier. I mean, there, there's social media groups, I mean, in our community, right? You, they're trying to build a physical community, let, yeah. you know, let's say the Rail District or the Star or um, Frisco, Texas or my church, Hope Fellowship Church, right? Like there, there's communities in social media that are truly communities of people associated to an organization. But for us, we're kind of creating a community out of, fan base of our our company yeah right and one of the things that i think people don't realize with how hard we work on the back end is how we are curating content yeah how important like search engine is so think think about this we have customers we have random customers that find us but then there's also customers we go seek to try to find yeah why because they're similar into the audience that we have so when we post, we have to use certain words, certain hashtags, because we're trying to lay crumbs out there so that people that don't know who we are can, <clears throat> excuse me, find us. And then people that might be aware of who we are but have never bought into who we are can take that bait in a sense, like yeah. eat, take that crumb and Snatch get a, the crumbs, you know, and figure out who we are. So, what are some things that you do on the day to day? Because you mentioned spicy chica, that warning. What are some words like? What's the strategy behind how you can think of, okay, what hashtag do you use today? What copy word do you use that is relevant, that's strategic? Um, yeah, so what do you do with that process when you make a post each day? It's the best one is just to provide an example. So the other day I was posting something that had um, Texas barbecue in it and also one of our Dr. Pepper shirts. So I was thinking about it and I knew that content would probably be absorbed by people who love Texas barbecue because it was a Texas barbecue joint that had yeah. promoted it originally. And then Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper has such a fan base. So when thinking about keywords and what would optimize us in Instagram search engine, I made sure to include hashtags that were like Texas barbecue, hashtag Dr. Pepper. And just even when we post barbecue in general, we try to use keywords like pitmaster as well because you know that's going to resonate with the consumer more and Instagram's going to do its own thing and find those people and those people will be more willing to engage with your content. Yeah. And that's what gets you on suggested content feeds and higher up on the search engines. For sure. And, you know, I think, you know, when you think of social media, I think of not just the images, not just the pictures, yeah. but think of colors. Think of the, the wording. Think of ha hashtags. Think of geotags. Right. If you want to be noticed in Dallas, tag it in Dallas. Right. But the thing is, the way AI is working with Meta is, let's say the picture is stamped in a certain community, but then you tag it Dallas. That's a far from it community. Facebook, Instagram are getting smart enough to start adding value to authenticity, right? Yeah. to true organic, content. organic con content. And so. What we have to do as a company is ensure like, okay, was this picture actually taken in, let's say our store? Okay, now we can tag it in our store. Because if there's a contradiction of 
where it was time stamped, like the CSI of the picture and the actual location that we're tagging, uh, AI and Facebook already devalues that because it's not, it's seeing that it might not be authentic, right? Yeah. And then colors are important because let's say seasonal. If let's say today is the Super Bowl and let's just say Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing each other and we post a picture with navy, silver, or black and gold. Well, I think we all know there's going to be a whole lot of black and gold and a whole lot of blue and silver that day. So if we were to post something that color, people might not see it because it blends in. Yeah. Because people scroll very quickly through social media and you have milliseconds to grab their attention to hopefully hope that they read it and then click on it and go through that channel, that funnel. And so it's using colors that we feel like is relevant but sticks out. Copy, right? Someone searches soccer. Well, if we have a shirt that might connect to soccer, we want we need to make sure we use that word in the copy. Yeah. And if we know that, you know, you can go look at trending hashtags or trending things. If you want to fall, you know, if you know there's thousands of people looking at a hashtag, well, let's, let's make sure as long as that's a relevant word to our brand, like Texas music or Texas beer or Frisco, Texas, hashtag it because then there's more likely leading people, you know, to our brand, to that post. And I say that because a lot of people don't realize when you just do a post, it might not be enough. You have to think about who are you trying to reach? What community are you trying to build? Where are you trying to lead them? Your website or a Facebook group to a VIP group to an event like our warehouse sale? And then you need to put the right necessary steps and strategies of words and hashtags and colors and pictures and images to lead them there. So let's share this. So over time, we've done multiple different pictures, yeah. right? And we have uh, a guy on our team, uh, Murray, who has been fantastic at, at helping us learn the expertise. Uh, become he is ex- amazing. You know, he's an expert in, uh, in advertising, digital advertising. Um, but over the course of time, we've used model photos and flat lays and blah, blah, blah. Kind of share uh, how that's evolved for us, how we've used certain images and how we found what is more successful than others. It's funny because we have worked closely with Murray on our ads, especially lately, to see just what performs the best. And so recently I had him kind of pull a report using UTMs on the type of ads that we run. So there's dynamic ads. We have our basic graphics and just kind of flat lays and model photography. And you always want the content that you curate to perform better. So like if you do a flat lay, you make sure it's so perfect. But overall, it's proven that our dynamic ads, which just pull directly from our website, so it's just essentially like a mock-up of our product, those always perform so well. And Facebook and Meta do such a good job of just finding the customer that would be interested in that product and kind of catering the ads to each specific user. So it's funny. So every time we do that, it's always the dynamic ads that perform best, which is kind of frustrating, but it's working. So I can't get mad about that. Right. And so I think, you know, with all this said, we think about social media, um, kind of think of a funnel, gain awareness, get consideration, drive conversion, hope and pray for loyalty. (laughs) And I like to think uh, more of a raving fan. Uh, based off of a book I love, and then um, advocacy. You know, people want to tell people, tell people more about you, be your cheerleaders. Yeah. And I think as small businesses and even organizations with churches, 
stopping to understand your social media is a community and then understanding what are the steps step by step that you want to take to lead them to where your ultimate goal is and understand that you're going to have multiple battles aka campaigns texas chica super bowl party warehouse sale and you got to figure out a way to make them all work together so that your content as you mentioned is we have the frisco group and we have our brand everything funneling through that is not uh alienating or leaving people out but reaching majority of your audience yeah you know it's like email marketing right like some emails we might post uh texas chica as we keep on saying um, but if half of our audience are men, we just alienated or potentially left out half of our audience. So yeah. we need to make sure in that email, we have content that's for them too, because at the end of the day, it's kind of like entertainment is curating content stories that can reach and resonate. So what else do we do? We have social media. What other things do we do that uh, connects with our audience and tries to build that community that hopefully leads people to our brand? Yeah, so we have social media, digital advertising, email marketing, and we also do some print and digital ads, not just with social media, but say it's like a local newspaper or Texas Monthly Magazine. So we also work with all different people and also through our sponsorships or partnerships with music festivals or just local events in Frisco. Okay. So how do we get all these things to work together? So uh, I mentioned campaigns earlier. Think of a big old war, right? And you have the Navy, the Army, the Air Force. They all work together with one ultimate goal of winning your battle. Uh, think of football. You got the linemen, offense, defense, quarterback, running back, safety, so on, kickers, punters. And they all work. They all have a mission to fulfill their job, but really to all work together for the win and hopefully to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you mentioned all these things. How do we work together and who do we work with on our team to ensure that these are all working together to have a successful campaign um, that hopefully increases our sales? I think it touches everyone on our team, honestly, because we want um, our brand to also reflect in our store when they come in and same with customer service and the images we put out there. So really, it's just a team effort to make sure there's consistency with our brand. So whether it's customer service and making sure that they get the same touch points, whether they come in the store, they email us or just message us on social media. But a lot of it is kind of like the imagery we use. And you're so good at that. And a lot of brands we work with do come to you, like Whataburger and Dr. Pepper working with them. They were just kind of at awe about how much you know about all the different things. And even Whataburger one time came to us and they're like, we see your email marketing, like your flat lay images. How do you do that? We see it works so well for y'all. And so it's just kind of shocking because sometimes that's just such a day-to-day thing for us. We're just taking flat lays. And it's kind of nice knowing that other people are watching us and being like, let's do it like tumbleweed. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a big part of you and your leadership and your knowledge, extensive knowledge of marketing. Well, thank you. It makes me feel a little bit better about myself, you know, because <laughs> there's many wins, but also obviously in business, it's a lot like a game. There, there's a lot of losses. We take yeah. risks. We attempt campaigns and they bust. Not everything works. So how do we measure this? So you mentioned this, we have email marketing. So like on a Friday yeah. morning, we like sending emails. Why? For us, we've learned our audience has been trained to know we're going to send an email on Friday. Mm-hmm. 
and we send it to everybody that's in our email list. Maybe once a week we send a highly targeted email, baby onesies, find anyone that's ever bought a onesie, send that email to them. A Dr. Pepper email, if we know people have always have ever bought Dr. Pepper stuff, we might target them. And so they're only getting the content that they want. Yeah. Because our measurables show the higher click rate, the more likely we the inbox receives our email and it doesn't go spam, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some of the measurables that you look at on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis to say, okay, this is successful or, okay, we need to make some tweaks? Yeah, so definitely on emails, I closely monitor our click rates and open rates and just kind of the percentage of people who actually place an order with emails. So you can really tell how well a campaign does if you can see how many kind of people you got converted to um, make a purchase. And so a big way we do that is through UTM parameters. And so basically that's just a short code that you add to your links that you use in like email or even with digital advertising. So an example of that would be we just did like 50% off sale collection. So we have specific links that I can track clicks in um, total sales for the email, but we also created a specific link for digital advertising. So I can see um, how many people we roped in from social media and how many people we roped in through email marketing. But that's a big thing you taught me when I came on the team. And I think those measurables, as long as you're keeping track of that, you can make sure that you're targeting the right people and that your promotions are working. Well, I think, you know, there's multiple ways, things of measurables. And you mentioned quite a few that the average person, company, small, big, or large will look at. Yeah. Um, but there's also, you know, reach, right? Is the more people you have in your email list or social media, mm-hmm. the more likelihood, I mean, it's like uh, winning the lottery, right? Like the more times you try, the more likely you're going to win. Yeah. Or the more likely you're going to lose, I guess. But reach, impressions, right? So the more times you have a post, that's impressed into the minds of other people, impressions, right? Mm -hmm. The more likely it's going to be seen. Audience growth rate. So if our social media is stagnant, that means there's an issue. Yeah. I mean, there's companies that could be purchased, acquired nowadays, more for the data they have or the ability to show growth than it is actually how much money you make. Mm -hmm. So audience growth rate, engagement rate, you know, like it's like you got influencers and then you got micro influencers. And we worked with a lot of pretty cool influencers. I yeah. mean, some big ones, small, big, large, um, nationwide, statewide, citywide, just our Frisco wide. And what I've found is uh, sometimes these micro influencers that might have a thousand followers, but they might have almost a 50 percent engagement. I would much rather work with them than a massive influencer that has minimal engagement yeah uh, more bang for your buck right um and so engagement rate application rate it's like the ratio of shares against your followers right so you might only have 300 followers but if like a high percentage of them reach not just click on it not just like it but reshare it mm-hmm. right there's value in that and all these things i'm saying or it's almost like an auction. So the more likes you get, the more shares you get, the more interactions you have, the more comments you receive, the higher value your account will be. 
And then the higher value, the more likely Facebook or Instagram will allow you to be impressed or show up on people's pages as they're looking, yeah. right? Um, video rates. Uh, and I, of course, I have a list written down here. Um, video views, click-through rates, conversion rates, cost per click. You know, uh, obviously Facebook, it's pretty well known that is going to value those that advertise more than those that don't advertise. So yeah. if we're spending, let's say, 5000 a month on ad spend, we're more likely to be seen even on our organic posts than someone that doesn't spend a penny in Facebook. Um, it's kind of been built to pay to play. Um, social shares and all that good stuff. So, you know, you look at this and you create measurables to understand, okay, am I seeing a good return on our rate investment? And so if you spend a dollar and you make $3, it's like, I'm going to continue putting in another dollar until you find a spot where it's like, okay, that $3 per dollar is now $2 per dollar because I've, I've reached my, my break even point. Right. Um, kind of shifting over. (laughs) We've talked a lot about this boring stuff for any of you that aren't boring numbers and analytics. Yeah. How many followers do we have on uh, collectively on social media between Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram? Collectively, we have about 118,000 collectively. Okay. Um, and it's constantly growing, especially with advertising. Right. So how, since you've been here, how do you see the rate of our growth by followers has affected sales? I think it definitely increases it because, again, you talked about reach. So it allows us to reach different audiences. When we get new followers, they share to their followers. So I think really here is a correlation between followers. And it's just whether you maximize the followers you have or don't. Right. So I noticed like on through Google Analytics, which is an incredible tool. Yeah. Sometimes it's more fun than anything unless you actually know how to utilize the information you receive. No, it gives you too much information. Right. And, you know, Google Analytics can show, you know, who is uh, how many people checked out your site how many people have clicked how long are they spending on a page right and if you know people are entering your website and they leave in a second then you know there's something on that page so you need to update that page so there's valuable information there yeah uh, but i noticed we have about uh, in the last year right not uh, year to date yeah not january to december but uh, 300 some days from today we had about seven hundred and six thousand. Uh, visitors to our site right and the cool thing is it's not just texas or frisco it's all over the world you know yeah um so we we talk about our i say that because let's go back to social media is the number one tool that we have that links people to our site is social media yeah and as we curate content there's a direct like connection to a post to this hits on our site, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people think, okay, well, I want to build community. I want to build my social media. I want to do a really cool looking email. That's it. But I think we know is our whole goal is that they go to our site, they get an email, they see an ad, but they get to our site. Yeah. So how, what do you do on your end? And of course, we work with Sharon with our community experience, uh, customer experience and McKenna with our content curating. And of course, Hillary, my wife and our lead graphic designer. But 
not only social media, not only email marketing, but what do we do with our site to ensure that once we get them there, that they're they're not lost. They like we hope that they you know it leads them to to a purchase or to find what they're looking for. Yeah, I think we always every year, probably more two or three times a year, we as a team go through our site and we're like, what needs improvement? We use Google Analytics to see if there's landing pages that aren't really converting our customers. But I think a big example of that is email marketing. Like if I'm promoting the Spicy Chica shirt and I don't even lead them to a page where that shirt's found, we're going to lose them because customers only have so much, even myself, like I, my attention spans all over the place. But if they're clicking on a link to Spicy Texas Chica shirt, they're going to want to be led to that shirt because they're not going to want to search our site to find it. And so I think that's a big example with email marketing, being strategic of where we lead people to. So when they click, it's worth their time. It's what yeah. they're interested in and what they wanted. So if you had to give a, a piece of advice through not okay. just what we're talking about, but just uh, encouragement or advice to other business owners, okay. organization, social media curators, right? Um, what would that be as it relates to day-to-day basis running a a social media account? I think really just don't be afraid to try new things. And with trying new things, you'll find out what resonates with your audience best, what gets you the best reach. I think it's a big thing that even influencers do. And I think since Instagram and Facebook and social media is ever-evolving, you constantly have to find out what works. Because even if you do find something that works, it might only work for a certain amount of time. And then um, like Facebook or Instagram will restructure and you're like, oh shoot, I got to start from the drawing board. So just yeah. constantly trying new stuff. And that's, I think when Reels came about and TikTok, a lot of brands are, and influencers had to figure out how to work that and how the algorithm worked with that. So it's just, everything's constantly changing. So you just got to be able to adapt to that change. For sure. Gary V is big on this, but just get content out there. Yeah. Right. And I think the other part of that is is d- don't worry about putting too much content out there. Because a lot of times I know when Jeb and I first started our business, it's like, okay, we're only going to do a post once a week because we don't want to overwhelm people. <laughs> and then emails. We'll want, send an email once every two months. And eventually it's, you learn, like, okay, the more emails you send, the more posts that you post that are relevant, Yeah. the more purchases we find. But also the more people that decide to not get our emails or follow us. But for every one we lose, we might gain two or three. Yeah. And for every one we lose, we're still selling more product. And so I, I think my advice would be, uh, if you're a small business, a big business, don't talk about it, do it. And decent content is better than no content at all. Yeah. So get information, get inf- uh, content out there and just improve it along the way. People love seeing things get better, but if people don't know about a product, a design, an event, or anything, then it, it was worthless. Yeah. And so truly utilize social media as a community builder and a tool to communicate effectively to the people you're trying to communicate to within your community, aka family, that you want to reach. And understand that social media is not about you. It's about the people that you've invited or have chosen to be a part of what you do. And so feed them what they want. Yeah. You know, feed them the information, the product, the tools, the information that they want to have 
to equip them to make a purchase and to tell their friends, right? And so that's all I got with that. <laughs> um, any th- final thoughts from you as it relates to you know marketing, social media, email marketing, advertising, kind of the things that fall under your umbrella with Tumbleweed Textiles? I guess with me just touching base on kind of like the advice that I gave, I know you obviously come from a marketing agency background, but I guess how much have you seen social media evolve or just marketing tactics tactics since you worked there just with your own company doing everything yourself? Right. I think one, the control of the platform Mm -hmm. because it used to be post something and your friends will see it. Yeah. But now it's such a money generator that you have to pay to play. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I used to be able to post a picture and all my friends see it now, not even a portion of them see it until I pay for it. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's big. So it's hard. Right. I mean, uh, I was talking to my, our buddy Joe Zavala Zavala Barbecue, and same thing. They've noticed their likes and engagement drop is because Facebook's changed the way it works, and you get less bang for your buck. And it, and it really stinks because people have chosen to be a part of your community on social media, yeah. and they might not even be getting your information because you're not paying for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't like that, but it is what it is. Two is, uh, you kind of uh, alluded to it earlier, is authenticity is I used to be able to, it used to be about my wife Hillary taking a model photo of two people wearing our shirts and it was, you know, like kind of like a senior picture. (laughs) But now there's more value in true organic that's taken with your phone. Yeah. Right? Like you're better off taking a picture with your phone than you are a high-end camera because Facebook's going to value that more. People want to see you wearing that product out in the wild at a festival more than they care about you in front of flowers and a tree and it looking all looking pretty. Two stage. Yeah. So, but it's harder, right? Like that's the reason why brands and people can't keep up is that's that's very expensive to hire photographers and designers and videographers to curate content. Yeah. And so what's happening is is people businesses can't keep up because it's just expensive and takes a lot of time and. Honestly, we've learned this, but it's not worth it, right? It's so expensive that by the time we get all that done and we start promoting a product, we're moving on to the next product. And so it's just you can't really keep up. And then the third thing is AI, is artificial intelligence is starting to drive social media. And it's it, it's hard to keep up with that pace because it's artificial intelligence. They can literally read what's in a photo now. I remember we were yeah. searching for something the other week and we just typed in, I think, just that person's name. Yeah. And it pulled up their photo and we hadn't been able to find in our album. Yeah. And we were amazed. And, and that's the thing. It's like if photos matter now, like what you wear in the photo, right? The the, the Now if you have a Shinerbach beer in the photo... The AI will intelligence is smart enough to recognize that is a Shinerbach beer. Yeah. It's going to associate that picture to Texas and people within Texas. And if you don't like alcohol, it's not going to post that picture on people that might not like alcohol. So, like, yeah, I mean, the AI of things is is just ridiculous. It's insane. So, those are the big three. Those are the big three shifts I've seen over the last few years that are making an incredible impact on social media marketing. So, yeah. 
That's very insightful. Well, I want to say this. You have been awesome to be a part of our team because I'm able to be a teacher and coach and teach and coach you, and you're able to run with it like a, a perfect student. Um, well, so thank I, you. I've, I've been appreciative of that. Those of you listening, if any of this made sense, awesome. If not, I apologize. But we love talking about this. We love doing it. And so if you ever have questions, feel free to, you know, reach out on social media, send out an email, because uh, we would love to chit-chat with you and help you out. Um, but if you can, go to our social media, follow us, find us on our website, because that, that's the best way you can say thank you to us if you found this podcast at all valuable. Um, so thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Adios. Bye. Bye.